Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in. Happy to have you with us here on this Friday morning. All right, we haven't talked about the busing problems in the school districts in about five minutes, uh, but <laughs> it continues to be a problem. Um, we have numbers on how short uh, bus drivers, at least Olathe is. And with that, um, the things that they've done in the past is they have increased the distance that kids have to walk to school. That was one of the first things that they did. They increased that radius. Well, now that's it about as far as it can go. So now they're looking at how else they can take the pool of drivers they have and use them better. Totally, totally predictably, uh, they are looking at moving to a three-tier system. Yeah. In Olathe. Initially, there was talk of two-tier. Did, and did they not move to two-tier? Uh, I, I know they were talking about doing it, but I don't remember if it ever if they ever pulled the trigger on it. I don't remember if they did either. And now, because so many districts we've talked about. Right. Yeah, I know it gets it gets confusing, especially with some of them moving to four day weeks and all of the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the plan that they're talking about now would put high schoolers in first, middle schoolers in second, uh, and then elementary school kids after that. So the schedule would be in the morning anyway. High schoolers would get on the bus at seven forty a.m. or at least that's when the routes would commence. Then middle schoolers would commence at eight twenty a.m. and then elementary schools at eight fifty five a.m. So, and really, I mean, there were, there were some issues with this, too, because what you're doing, you described it as being more efficient. I think you're right, but it's also stretching your drivers even thinner. Yeah, correct. Both things are true. Yeah, it, it uses the current drivers that you have. It, it maximizes them. But yes, it puts, it puts more stress on them, absolutely. Um, channels, the story's out of Channel 41, if anybody wants to look this up. But the times that John just mentioned are the bell times. Which says to me, yeah, bell schedule. So if the high school bell rings at 740 in the morning, mm -hmm. that says to me those routes are starting at 630. I mean, there are kids that are beginning at least. I mean, my bus ride to school was an hour in the morning. My district was a lot bigger than Olathe. But you could be getting on the bus at 630 in the morning or 645 in the morning. Wow. To make it there by 740. So what we mean by three tier is, and I assume this is how they're talking about it, is that you take the pool of drivers that you have and you spread out your schedule enough so that that same group of drivers can do three runs basically, or two runs if depending on the bell times, but you have them be able to do at least another run of, instead of them just being able to do one route, they can do it again 
or they can do another route in the morning. Right, yeah. So you send them around with the, the older kids first and then back around and back around and back around again. So instead of having a route where you're out for two hours every morning, now you're out for four. Yeah, and you're doing it twice a day. Right, and then doing the same thing in the afternoon. Um, Channel 41 pointed out in terms of how much the dismissal times will change. High school, it's going to change by 20 minutes. Middle school, it'll change by 10. And elementary, it changes by 15, which isn't that dramatic. And I don't know which direction it is. I don't know who they're moving, like if it's moving earlier or later or both. That's not that bad. Um, 20 minutes, you can feel that a little bit. But elementary school, 15, 10, middle school for 10 minutes, that's not that bad. Yeah. They still need more drivers to be able to do it. Um, but at least it gets them closer. Right now, they said they have 148 bus drivers for the 2023 school year. They said they need 10 more drivers to make this work. Yeah, and and I know, I mean, I can hear it already. People saying, well, gee, four hours in the morning and four hours in the afternoon, that's an eight-hour day. That's what I do. No, 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 I get it. <laughs> but <laughs> but what you have to understand is they're already having trouble attracting drivers. Even this system won't put them at enough drivers to do it. And if you do it that way, you're going to lose drivers to other districts because mm-hmm. they're they're not going to have that same demand on their schedule. So they're going to say, okay, well, fine. I'm going to go to some other district and drive. It, it makes it harder to hire, not easier, when you do something like this to the schedule. 913-586-7798. I know the first thing everyone says is, well, just pay them more. And I hate to be in broken record, but what everybody tells us is it is about the money, but it's also about a lack of benefits and it's about kids being jerks on buses. Yeah. Which seems to be the part we can't solve for. <laughs> right. Well, and as somebody else just pointed out on the text line, um, the, the real, you know, well, not the real, but a secondary problem to this is what it does to the kids. Because we've heard in study after study after study that the longer you get into your school career, the mm-hmm. better it is for your day to start later. This Correct. does the exact opposite of that, which takes the high schoolers and puts them the earliest ones on the schedule. So I don't know how well they're going to react to it either. I wonder if that is, and Colin, you might have more insight into this, is that because of extracurriculars? That if you're going to extend their day or move their day, you're better off moving it earlier than later? Possibly. I mean, depends on the school, maybe. Your kids already start way early, like zero dark 30 in the morning, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It depends on the sport. Depends on the, the extracurricular. Yeah. I remember when my son was in football, he was frequently out of the house at six o'clock in the morning or before. Because when I was, do, I'm sorry, they would do yeah, wait, weights before school and then practice after. When I was student teaching, I taught a speech class at 7.30 a.m. to high school students. I think the bell time at the high, and I, I taught at a really big high school. I think the first bell was at 7.25, and classes started at 7.30 a.m. I'm trying to remember. Boy, it's been, it's been a long time. And it was painful. Let me tell you, trying to get kids to want to give speeches yeah. at 7.30 in the morning, No. Yeah, it, it, that was really hard. And I was going to say, ours, ours was like 7.05 maybe or 7.20. Okay. So yeah, sometime in there. So yeah, it was right around the same thing. And most of us, I mean, we, we, it was a Catholic school, so we didn't really have a choice. There weren't buses. You had to get yourself there. That was fun. Um, yeah, my bus route, our bus routes for high school started early because our district was 350 square miles. Mm-hmm. We had seven or eight elementary schools that fed into one high school. And in order to cover that many miles... 
I think we didn't start high school till 8.30 in the morning, but those buses started at 6.30 or 7. Yeah. Which was a nightmare kids. when there was snow. Sure. Uh, yeah, in fact, that's that's what usually made the difference in terms of snow days for us is mm-hmm. are the roads iced, not where we were, but mm-hmm. down south where the kids had to be because those rural roads, a lot of them are dirt. And you can send right. a school bus down there? No. Can you finish the route? It was always a question like, yeah, we can start the route, but in an hour and a half, yeah. are we still going to be able to finish it? I should point out, this is a recommendation to the Olathe School Board. They have not voted on this yet, but this was a group of parents and stakeholders that got together and talked about this. A couple other things that they've talked about, just to give you an idea of how dire this is, other things they've considered doing is eliminating field trip requests. Just anything else you would need those buses for, you would have to eliminate potentially. Uh, eliminating pay ride services for middle school and high school sub tens. I don't know what that means. Um, Kids under ten. Oh, you no, know, middle school and high school. No, that, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Say it again. It, they spell it S U B T E N D S. Oh no, I'm sorry. Means. I don't know what that is either. Um, if anybody does, let us know. So, is this the answer then? Is this what you have to? Is, is this a better alternative than making your kid walk further? if they can, is is having them start their day 10 to 20 minutes earlier, a better option than some of the other stuff we've talked about. <laughs> Here, I don't know if this will help at all, but according to Webster's, a subtend is a form at a particular point where straight lines form its extremities are joined at that point. That helps me clear zero. As, clear as mud. <laughs> okay. me nothing. Thanks a lot, Webster's. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so I guess it's it's the center point. It's like the hub of a circle. Somebody just asked, what if the driver has a second job during the day? Yeah, well, if, forget that. And that's yeah. going to go away. And that's, that's like, like I said, that's another reason why. If your thought is we need to get more drivers in, this seems like a really bad way to try to do that. Now, I, I understand they're shuffling. I understand that they're, they're, they're in a bad situation. They're trying to do trying to do anything they can to just make it work because we're right in the, in the beginnings of a school year right now. I don't know, I guess maybe about a third of the way in. So they're, they're trying to, you know, to patch holes. So I get it. But, you know, as a long term solution, this seems like the wrong way to go about it because you're just you're like you said, with a part time job in the middle, you're taking one more option away from the drivers. And that just means you're going to lose them to someplace else. Four day week. That's the conversation we need to have. It's if you can't pay them more and you can't give them benefits and you can't make kids not be jerks. One of the things you can do is lengthen your days and they don't even have to link them by much from our understanding from independence, but you go to a four day school week. Yeah. It's one more thing you can offer bus drivers. And, and you, so you take what they would normally do in five days and you make it four days. So they're working more of those four days, but at least if they have another job, they can do it every Friday or they can go do field trips in another district on Fridays or something. Yes. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, is it is it Fridays? I'm trying to remember what Independence did when they moved to the four day week. Is it Mondays they've got off now? I'm or is it the end of the I week? don't know that. But I think no, it is Mondays. It, it, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I mean, if districts did that and did a four day week and it wasn't the same from district to district. Right. Then that would be the ideal situation is you would want to have one that takes Wednesdays and one that takes Fridays mm-hmm. and one that takes Mondays so that the drivers could do that. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because one district to another really wouldn't make any difference. No, especially if they were, I mean, we're not that big. You know, if you worked in, in Olathe on Monday and Lee Summit on Tuesday and 
Parkville, you know, whatever it is, you you could easily do that. Yeah. I, God, I, yeah, I start to wonder if that's if that's the way you get it done is if you have more districts that start going to four day weeks so that on that fifth day, those bus drivers can go make money somewhere else. Why aren't we in charge? <laughs> Again, I mean, we, we I have the ideas. <laughs> because change stinks. People hate change. And it's hard to convince people that that's a good way to go. But I got to tell you, I mean, it's working for independence. And yeah. we talked about this a month ago. I think I told you off the air one day, they're already advertising, especially on social media, for school teachers for next year. And it's the four-day week that they are putting out there. They're Yeah, they're flogging it like crazy. And the interviews that I've seen with some of the teachers seem to indicate that, yeah, they're they're really happy with it. They, they love it. Yeah, of course they do. Who wouldn't want to work a four-day week instead of a five-day week? Yeah, what are we doing here? Come I was going to say, if we could do it, I'd be like, hey, can we, you know, can, can we go 15? longer? Dana and Parks go six hours That's or something right. on, on Fridays? Why not? Uh, 913-586-7798 if you want to hear it. If you have ideas, what do you think of the the three-tier? How will that work? We'll go to it. And Carolyn in Kansas City is going to uh, kick us off on this one. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. Good morning. Hey there. So I was calling because I did this when I was in high school. I mean, this was 15 years ago or so, but I did the two-tier busing. I went to high school. My school started at about 8 a.m. I think it was 8.05 bell, and I was on the bus six-ish because it was rural and, oh. you know, everyone had to get on. <laughs> I get it. But so, so, I mean, both sides, obviously, I was not a thrilled teenager being in the bus at 6.30 in the morning. But on the other side of it, um, my last two years of high school, I also worked full-time in the afternoons. I worked like a 3 to 11 shift after school wow. because I could because we started so early. Yeah, we worked some, but not not eight-hour days. Yeah, well, that's see, that's rough. what I'm saying. Like, with, with it being the t- – well, it's like – I mean, it's, I was young, right? I had energy coming out everywhere. <laughs> so mm-hmm. with it being the two-tier, I mean, I couldn't have done that if we'd started closer to nine because there wouldn't have been time. So yep. – for me personally, it worked out real well because I had school kind of in the morning and then the afternoon I worked. So, you know, it's it's got, I guess my point is it's got pluses and minuses. Sure. So the, the two yeah. tier is not necessary, or three tier, I guess, is not necessarily an all bad. It just needs, I guess, adjustment. Yeah, well, and, and I'm sure that what they're going to do is they'll go through, if they decide to, you know, the, this is going to be the way of things, they'll go through the rest of this year, do the analysis, okay, what worked about this, what didn't, what can we do better, did it, and, and I think really the first item on that agenda has to be, did this cost us any drivers, did anybody leave because right. of this? All right, thank you. All right, thank you, Carolyn, appreciate it. Yeah, if anybody else has experience with that, um, how, how bad is it? Again, if you if your bell rings at seven forty, I mean, Olathe is bigger, but it's not, not you know, not so big. So maybe that route starts at six forty five. Maybe your first kid pickup is at six forty five. Mm-hmm. Your point is right about um, it's high school kids because they just tend to be night owls more, and they just they have events and extracurriculars that go later, and they have more homework. I'm surprised that this is how they do it because research shows if you're going to start somebody later. High school starts later. High school starts later, and the little kids yeah. go early because they're always up early anyway. They, you know, they get up at six o'clock in the morning, no matter what you do. Right. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. We'll take a break here. We'll get to more of your calls next on KMBZ. Still have a shortage of school bus drivers. What do we do about it? Olathe is looking at going to a three tiered system so that those bus drivers that they currently have could do more than one route. 
to get kids to school. Yeah, and I, I understand, too, to a degree why they're taking these kind of stab-in-the-dark sort of approaches to this of, okay, let's try this, because we're not alone. We're not alone in having school mm-hmm. bus driver shortages in the area. Uh, I mean, this is happening all over the country. And to the best of my recollection, I don't remember seeing the article that says, this town figured it out. So right. they're just trying to be that. Good for them. I hope it works. Yeah. So again, this is just a recommendation to the school board. I don't know exactly when they're going to vote on it, but no doubt that will. And it looks like Channel 41 is staying on top of this one. So once they make a decision, and, and like you said, we'll hear more school districts start to look at this. Frankly, I give them credit for looking at it in November. Yeah. Because, you know, that way they can implement it sooner. So good for them. All right. uh, Switching gears here. You had found a story this morning that uh, is something we've never really talked about before, about whether anybody still watches the Macy's Day Parade. (laughs) Yeah, the the article was just going through some of the things that are going to be there because the the lineup has been announced for what's going to go on during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, And, I mean, it's it's not a bad lineup. Cher apparently is the big draw. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Okay. Been a little while, but sure. And they, uh, she's going to be the. Uh, I'm trying to remember what uh, I've got it in front of me, but I'm. Uh, oh, she's going to make the appearance just before the parades end, signaled by the arrival of Santa's sleigh, according to parade organizers. So uh, yeah, they're doing a little bit of something for everybody. A lot of kid-friendly stuff, as you might imagine. The marching bands, 700 clowns, which is enough to convince me never ever to turn the TV on that morning. <laughs> okay. um, and they said, uh, let's see, Drew Holcomb and the neighbors. Which, by the way, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, that is a fantastic group. If you have not checked them out yet, do that. They are so much fun. Um, Catherine McPhee is going to be there. Uh, Belle Biv DeVoe. Belle Biv DeVoe. So apparently they dug Belle Biv DeVoe up. Uh, Brandy. Chicago. And Vogue. Yep. Jesse James Decker. Uh, The Muppets from Sesame Street. Pentatonix. So there we go with more, more of the stuff for kids. Uh, Paul Russell, Amanda Shaw, Alex Smith, and Manuel Teriso. So there's your lineup, and there's a whole bunch more. I mean, you've got all the balloons and everything. Apparently, it's Beagle Scout Snoopy this year, in case you were wondering what the uh, the Snoopy costume is going to be. Kung Fu Panda's Poe. And, I mean, it just goes on and on down the list. But fact of the matter is, it's another Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm-hmm. And I, I just... There are so many things that have, over the years, become quaint first and then just became ignored. I think the ones that I brought mm-hmm. up were the Miss America pageant and the uh, the Labor Day telethon. The Labor Day telethon pretty much died with Jerry Lewis. But even, even for the last 10 or 15 years of that, it wasn't what it was you know, during the 70s and the 80s when it was a big deal. I mean, everybody watched at least a portion of it. And then we just kind of forgot about it. And I wonder if if the parades, both on Thanksgiving Day and on New Year's Day, are starting to get that where about them. I feel like the only telethons that we pay attention to anymore is when they are for some kind of major disaster relief. Um, I'm trying to think of, they didn't do one for Hawaii. I can't remember the one that they did most recently, but I feel like that's their last minute. They're in response to a major disaster yeah. and it's, um, cancer maybe might've been stand up for cancer, stand up to cancer. And even if that had been the last big one. Yeah. I mean, in terms of dollars, I would love to see this somewhere, but, but my, you know, this is nothing more than my perception of the world as it is. And it may very well be wrong, but I wonder how much events like that make versus 
text whatever to 92929, you know, Mm -hmm. those kinds of donation drives like the Red Cross does all the time. Or um, what am I thinking of? The the online uh, GoFundMes. Those. That's that's where I think we tend to spend our money in relief now. It's not necessarily watching a telethon. So how much does the entertainment and the star power draw you in anymore because that used to be the thing about the telethons it was look who's answer look who might be taking your call if you call it bon jovi or you know whoever the name is and it's so that you could show those faces on tv and them taking calls and it was the entertainment that you did to fill that time how much does that matter anymore and i feel like it doesn't no i feel like we have so much more access to those entertainers than we used to yeah and and when it comes to the parades i mean it's not that i hate them yeah I, I don't i'm not trying to you know bag on parades because i think they're awful i'm not watching 700 clowns i'm not watching seven clowns but mm-hmm. but in terms of parades i mean i can still kind of see the draw but i'll tell you i haven't watched one in probably 10 years the only one that i ever really looked forward to was the mummers parade in philadelphia just because it's so weird so then if if the theory is true and i think it's right are we going to parades any less or any more than we used to that's a great question general interest in parades just going down we'll have to see what the crowd looks like now i actually have a reason to watch the thanksgiving day parade uh just to see yeah see what the crowds look like versus what they look like in you know 1995 or 2005 and if they've gone down any, it seems like where parades still have a draw are small-town parades. Or Royals win the World Series yeah. or Chiefs oh, win yeah. the Super Bowl. Right, event-driven things like that that don't mm-hmm. happen all the time. But like a regular parade, um, I hate to bring this one up because of what happened during it, but the the parade in, uh, was it Bloomington, Illinois, where they had the shooting a couple of years ago? I mean, I lived there for 10 years and I don't remember anything about that. Okay. Yeah. There, there was, I may have the wrong town. It was one of the Chicago suburbs. Um, and, and it, yeah, Bloomington, I know is farther South than that. So it probably wasn't that, but there was, oh, there was a shooting right. that took place I can't remember and how. it was one of the Highland park. Yeah, yeah there you go. Highland park. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, so the, yeah, things like that will still draw every year. The little town where we live in Waterloo, Illinois, they had not just parades, but they had events and things like that where it would draw the whole town. Because you're in a small town. What else are you going to do? Of course you're going to go. Yeah, the town that I went to high school in, Hersher, Illinois, population 5,000 maybe, Labor Day Parade was their thing every year. And I mean, everybody in the high school, everybody from within 30 miles went for that parade, but it was the one big event they did every year. Sure, right. And if it's the one thing your town does, of course you're not going to miss it. Somebody on the text line, 7710, just said the St. Pat's Parade in KC is still big. It is, and and yes, that's a great example. What I wonder is, this past St. Patrick's Day, because I didn't go, uh, I saw some of the the TV coverage of what the you know the crowds building and all that. But I think we were on the air that day, mm-hmm. so we didn't get to go. It, did they have uh, as as good a recovery after the pandemic? Because that was one of the first big things in town that got canceled. That was March seventeenth, obviously St. Patrick's Day. Of, of 2020, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, a lot of consternation about that being canceled in 2020. And then uh, I don't think it was back in 21. It might have been back in 22. But for the last two years, have the crowds been as big as they were in 2019 and before? Are you still going? 913-586-7798. We'll take a break. Get to your comments on this next on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 913-586-7798. We were just talking about and tossing around some theories about... Parades that are televised, not having the interest that they used to. And then I was just curious to know, is the same thing happening with parades that we go to in person? And I want to talk about the Pride Parade Pride Parade for a second. Because somebody just texted and said the Pride Parade this year was one of the biggest we've seen for a while, and it was raining. That does not surprise me. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we thought homosexuality was something you could catch. I mean, it's given where (laughs) society is gone. It doesn't surprise me that now that that's more socially acceptable, that they celebrate that more. Yeah, uh, that that could definitely explain versus a parade that's been going on for 100 years. Uh, The Rose, the Tournament of Roses parade in Pasadena and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade in New York and the Mummers parade in Philadelphia. All of those have been going on for a very long time. And you're right. I think not only is it that, not only is it the fact that it's still a fairly new thing to have any of that out in the open, that it's it's still a you're making a statement by being there. It celebrates a cause. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking a position. Yeah. Statement is a better way to put it. Yeah. You know, when, versus just celebrating something. Sure. Versus, okay, yeah, well, it's time for the parade again. <laughs> you know, let's let's go out and do this thing. And yeah, when it comes to the TV draw, um, I, obviously what's going to weigh some into that is options. You know, yes. if, if you had three other options, which is what we had, well, yeah, might as well watch the parade. At least it's not the 700 Club. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, no, there's anything wrong with the 700 Club, but, you know, you know what I mean. So it, it's... Um, it's that and, and the fact that now in addition to all of the cable stuff, now you have everything available on streaming, you don't have to watch. And it, I mean, when things like that happen, it's funny because it kind of makes you wonder, did we ever want to watch it? <laughs> or was it just or, or was it just, hey, you know, might as well. And you know... You know, if if you're getting ready, if the you know if, if the cousins are already over and you're getting ready for you know getting the Thanksgiving meal cooked and all of that stuff, and it's early in the day, if football hasn't started yet, you might as well put that on because you know it's going to be relatively inoffensive. You're not going to see anything on there that is going to make you go, oh, "Turn that off." The kids are here. Yeah, and everybody can watch it. Yeah, not just the kids or not just the adults. Every and then you know watch football, but yeah, everybody can everybody can watch it. Definitely. All right, thanks, everybody, for getting in here. Uh, here is your adult content warning Ooh. out of this next story out of Florida. Um, boy, this story was all over the place. Uh, and it's it does raise the question again about parents. How on earth do you find someone that you trust 
to watch your children. I think, and this story, we'll get to the awful part of the story, but you're right. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's at the center of it is that you have to figure that this couple, when they left their their two-year-old boy in the care of Timothy's Powell, which I believe is how you say that name, um, that they trusted him, that they trusted that the, the child would at least be safe. He was not. Now, the good news is, it was not anything life-threatening or or damaging on that level. But what this guy tried to do, if, if he's in jail, that should give you some indication. But you think, okay, even if you thought that that was the right thing to do, which why would you? And I know I'll get to it. But what in the world would make you think, well, I'm the babysitter. Obviously, this is my business. What he's alleged to have done is he tried to circumcise this two-year-old boy who apparently wasn't yet. Or maybe his parents were never going to do that and we're going to leave it up to him, you know, when he got to a later age or whatever. And he tried to deny it. He took the kid to the hospital because, well, there was an injury there. So he took the kid to the hospital and uh, the Volusia County Sheriff's had a couple of questions for him. He initially said that he had opened the diaper and found a piece of glass in there, and that that's what cut the kid. And then they said, no, no. Because that happens. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, you, you leave pieces of glass there. And they said, no, it's not. And he said, well, you know, maybe it was uh, some kind of injury that we were roughhousing. And they said, no, it wasn't that either. The cut's way too clean. And they said, finally, he came clean and admitted that that's what he was trying to do. That he was, And they said that's what it looked like. When the doctors were examining him, they said it looks exactly like somebody was attempting a circumcision here. So, I mean, for, forget the arguments about whether circumcision is, circumcision is yeah. a good idea or a bad idea. It's In no way is it his decision to make. Um, what is in a person's brain... Yeah. We have never done that. I mean, I've, I've never seen a story like this before. Nor Not have in the I. United States, ever. What kind of psychosis, what kind of, of problem, what kind of crazy, for lack of a better word, is in your head? And again, they said this was intentional. I mean, he knew what he was doing. There's no way. Yep. It, it wasn't even that he was um, kind of fumbling his way through it. He, he very clearly, this, is, this was the plan. Where in your head is this what you think of? He said he lost his temper. Like when he finally fessed up about it, he said he was frustrated. He lost his temper and pulled down on the child with force, hurting him. Well, that's yeah. not what you did. They, you, no. I mean, you, you tried to circumcise the kid, but yeah. it started with being frustrated. That was the second story that he told him, and they said, yeah, that one didn't wash either. Uh, according to the article, this is the quote, the nurse did note that the injury had to have been inflicted by someone, quote, as if they may have tried to circumcise. That's, a, that's in the police report. Doctor also agreed, said the wound was way too precise for a skin tear, which is what he was trying to intimate, that, that you know, somehow in pulling down on him too hard that he had torn the skin. And they said, no, it's not a tear. It's it's a cut. And there's a big, I mean, try and put one over on a doctor, you right. know, w with a medical thing. So, of course, they saw right through it. Uh, he has been arrested, represented by the public defender's office, has not yet entered a plea in the case, and his attorney could not immediately be released, er, be, be reached for comment. Yeah, no kidding. I wouldn't want to say anything either. But just it, it, going back to the very beginning of this, you have to believe that when the parents left their two-year-old in the care of this guy, 
that they trusted him enough with the kid's safety that the guy wasn't going to go sparrow and do something like that. This was a relative. Um, this was a two-year-old cousin of this 29-year-old. So this was family. Uh, I've got a different version of this here. Um, yeah, so you would, tr I mean, again, this is family. So you would trust your child with family. Uh, he reportedly called the child's mother at about 7 p.m. on October 17th. Mom was at work, told her the child was bleeding from that area as glass had entered his diaper. Uh, he said that when he tried to wipe off the glass, the skin broke. And that's where doctors had to repair the injury by gluing the skin. I mean, child it, abuse is not enough of a charge for oh, this. Oh, no kidding. And and not not to mention, I mean, the 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 entire idea of that not being in any way your decision, even if you are the most pro-circumcision person in the entire world, it's not your child. What and you're not a doctor either. I mean, just why? Why are you sitting there going, well, you know what really needs to be done now? A home circumcision. I tell you what, if that thought ever enters your mind, call somebody and get help. I'm going to read two parts of the story real fast, and they are disturbing parts, but I think they're important, so here's your warning. Um, there were surveillance cameras that were up in this home, ah, so all this was caught on video. Good. Um, surveillance cameras in the home showed him changing the boy's diaper before walking away with an object of some kind in his hand. The video showed the child crying and screaming until Powell returned oh. and re-diapered him. Oh. When Powell was asked about the injuries, he allegedly said he'd grown frustrated with the boy and lost his temper, um, and that he may have pulled the child's penis downward with too much force and began to wipe him very hard. Boy, the lie is too detailed here to be true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're and, making up too many things about it. And it doesn't fit the, the circumstances either. I mean, yeah, he did something extremely stupid for whatever reason and then decided to try to lie to cover it up and thought he was going to slide it past doctors. It's just, it's awful. And and yet it just, uh, I mean, we, we struggled with this. Uh, when our kids were little, everybody needs childcare and childcare that you pay for, you know, like yeah. the licensed and insured and bonded childcare are extremely expensive and not everybody can do that. But if, I mean, family members, yeah, you've got to be just as careful as you would with a stranger. You don't think you would until something like this happens, but just because somebody's in your family doesn't mean you can trust them. So who do you trust? Yeah. I, this is where I appreciate they had surveillance cameras up. Um, thank God, in case it had been, who knows if doctors hadn't been able to figure it out. Because again, even if, um, even if he had owned up to it, to your point, even if he had said, I think this should be the case, well, you don't get to just do that. No. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't get to just do that. Um, who do you trust? How do you, how do you choose? How do you know? Because there's so much. I mean, you have to deal with not only things like this. Now, granted, this is an anomaly. Like you said, I, I've yeah. never heard anything like this before. But, I mean, you look at, I'm, for that matter, you look at what parents have done to some kids. Yes. And you think, okay, what are you going to do about something like that? But when you're the parent and you are responsible and, and you've put up the cameras and you've done all the due diligence and you don't treat your child like that, and you've got to trust that child to somebody else. That It's got to be the scariest decision that you could possibly make as a parent. And until something goes, unless and until, and I hope nothing ever does, but 
unless and until something goes wrong, you never think you're going to have to deal with this. And then when you find out, yeah, uh, this is now a police matter, they, I mean, they must, and I'm, I'm in no way you know, picking on them or saying that they should, but when something like this happens, you do internalize it. They must feel awful about this. Mm-hmm. Even though they did nothing wrong, all they did was live their lives and try to get a family member to come over and watch their kid for a little while. And it's completely possible that there were no signs before this. Like, you're always kind of looking for signs, you know. Do yeah. you, what is your what is your spidey sense say about people? <laughs> there are family members I would in no way ever ask to watch my kids. You know, not that I have to worry about it anymore, but even at the time. Yeah, not not that I was worried about any kind of, you know, abuse or anything like that, but, but just people that were irresponsible that I would go, no, you're, no, I'm not trusting you with my kid. But it's possible the spidey sense about this guy didn't go off. Yeah. Because there was no sign about him. Maybe he'd always been good with the kid. Mm-hmm. And then something in him snaps and that's the first sign of crazy, like we talked about with shootings sometimes, and this is it. Yeah. Can, can this be attempted murder somehow? He's tried with child abuse. Can, can we somehow make this attempted murder? Uh, you would have to, in order for it to be attempted murder or even attempted manslaughter, you'd have to prove that, uh, that, he, that there was intent there to do great bodily harm, that he, was, that he was doing this to try to really severely injure the child. And it doesn't seem like he was. Not, not that I'm excusing his behavior. I mean, I think I've made that clear by now that what this guy did is totally unacceptable. And if, if that's what he was, trying to do he needs to spend some time in jail over this but i don't think it's going to go quite that far uh yeah this is uh first degree aggravated child abuse which in florida i don't know what that carries but uh never let this guy around kids ever 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 again ever in fact i don't want him around adults (laughs) if we can help it not for a while anyway yeah yeah. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. Coming up to wrap the hour, uh, there is an update on Matthew Perry just a little bit. And uh, we now know what Al Pacino is going to be paying in child support for that new baby he's got. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. 913-586-7798. Um, John, I just sent you another version of this story that we're talking about out of Florida that gives more. Uh, the story just gets worse. The more versions of this I look at, the story out of Florida. Uh, so mom was at work. And I, I assume cousins so i'm trying to get the relate i'm trying to get the family tree down here but she leaves her two-year-old child at home with a cousin so with a family member and mom gets a call while she's at work from a hospital saying your child is here and we think this child has been abused based on our examination what we eventually find out uh because he fessed up to it is that the babysitter the cousin 29 year old uh timothos powell lost his temper, whatever version of this you want to believe, said he lost his temper, um, which seems to be more believable than just he found glass in the diaper, but attempted to circumcise this two-year-old and did it intentionally and did it like he knew what he was doing. Wow. He didn't succeed. To those who are wondering, the child's okay. But nonetheless, that's what happened. We'll get to your calls here in a sec, but I want to throw a couple more details in here Mm -hmm. out of uh, clickorlando.com. The child's grandfather was asleep in the home at the time, and the child's grandmother later asked the mother to not notify anyone to prevent law enforcement from getting involved. Police said Powell was spotted on security video that day before the incident, yelling at the child, squirting him with a water bottle and threatening to put soap in his mouth if he wasn't quiet because a two-year-old's going to understand that. (laughs) 
The grandmother was in charge of the videos and she refused to provide any additional footage. Leading us to believe this 29 year old's been in some trouble before. Yeah. And this is like the last striker he's out. And this would be her. I don't, again, I don't know what the family tree is here, but same side of the family. And it, yeah, what you just said would not shock me at all if they were trying to cover it up because they didn't want him to have his third strike or whatever. Florida doesn't yeah. really have three strikes, but you know what I mean. That yeah. uh, that whatever, yeah, that this would be a much more serious crime. And of course, covering up a crime is always a good idea. Um, I hope you got the sarcasm in that. <laughs> just just make sure you know. Uh, medical professional, yeah, later told police the laceration didn't match the explanation, as we said before. Uh, he now faces a charge of child abuse held on a $100,000 bond, which even that doesn't seem quite enough. Uh-uh. And yet, um, I mean, I understand people have very few choices, but if that's if the guy that you're leaving your kid with is screaming at a two-year-old and squirting a two-year-old with a water bottle, oh, there's got to be a better choice than that. And what is going on with grandma? And grandfather was home asleep. Yeah. I mean... There were other people that were home when this was happening. How? Yeah, if, if you can't... Uh, they, look, there are people in this world who cannot handle a two-year-old. If that's you, don't be in charge of a two-year-old. Yeah. 913-586-7798. Let's go to Jason in Overland Park. Hey, Jason. How's it going? Going all right. What do you think? Oh, there's too much, too many layers to even comment on. But, like, you guys talk about the attempted murder charge, but... Not being a police officer, obviously, just children of my own, where like, and like to your guys' point, whether you believe in circumcision or not, certainly not his decision, but on top of those charges is genital mutilation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the argument or debate or rather whether you're mutilating a child's genitals as the parent choosing for a medical professional to do it or not. That's for a different story, but for a guy to just do it on his own, Without any permission or medical training or anything of any kind, that is mutilation of genitals. I mean, like, no matter how you look at it. Yes. And and he's equipped to do it, and there's charges for that as well. And it's like, I hope he gets the book thrown at him because that's just disgusting. Without doubt. And, and Jason, you make a great point. Thank you for that. And, And, Jamie, I think this is where you were going as well. Now that we know that piece of information, that... He was yelling at the kid. I mean, initially, I thought he made up the story about being angry and, Mm -hmm. you know, pulling down too hard on the kid or whatever because he was trying to cover up what he was really trying to do. If he did this because he was angry, first of all, if you're angry at the kid for being loud, cut the child. That'll make him quiet. I mean, what are you doing? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that part doesn't make any sense, but this guy doesn't seem like the sharpest knife in the drawer to begin with. So, I, uh, but, but the fact that there may have been malice behind mm-hmm. what he did, mm-hmm. if he did that just because I'm so mad at you that I'm going to, you know, cut you in this way or in any way for that matter, that does... That that puts a different spin on it. Uh, I don't know if you can get higher than aggravated child abuse when it comes to that kind of a charge, but maybe that was the aggravation. Maybe the aggravated mm-hmm. part of it is because he did it out of spite. He did it out of malice. Like, what exactly was the guy on? Yeah. How, no how do you do this not under the influence of something that makes you this sick that that is, like, there's a sickness to that. There's a a perversion to that. 
that that just doesn't yeah I, I can't make a connection to but that's perverted you're right you know well it, honestly uh maybe that's where this goes is in addition to because again of the fact that if he did this out of anger and that's the the part of the body that he chose to attack now not only are we talking potentially about aggravated child abuse now we're also talking about sexual abuse right and i say charge grandma can we charge grandma with something obstruction absolutely something. you can Get every, you know, grandpa was asleep. Okay, fine. Charge anybody else you can. Zero nine eight three. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to say what you said on the air, but I'm not going to argue with you. Thank you for the text. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully they take this plenty seriously and don't, and hopefully he doesn't bond out. Yeah. I mean, hopefully none of that. <laughs> like this guy's going to come up with 10 grand. <laughs> like does grandma have it? Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, do grandma and grandpa have it somewhere? And they... I, this is where I don't want bond. This is where I say no bond yeah. for somebody like Stay this. Stay put where we know where you are. So we'll follow this one. This was all over the place this morning, so we'll follow this one and see if any other uh, charges end up coming up out of this one. All right, coming up in the next hour, uh, we will lighten things up a bit. Uh, there's a question about when, uh, why men lie about their height. And I want to talk about something that happened yesterday, a phone call that I was on that has me asking, have you ever just totally called someone out because they were being rude and snippy with you. I did it for maybe my first time yesterday. We'll get to all that coming up in the next hour here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.